Today, I want to talk about the hellscape that is technical diagramming, right? Everybody's nodding their heads right now, uh uh-huh. And there is a potential solution that I want to share. There was one name that several people brought up. I did some digging, and it's kind of nuts how much this program Miro has for developers. I have to share this. It could potentially be a game changer for you. So my favorite part about Miro is that half the work is already done. Like right now, typically we spend hours starting diagrams from scratch, right? Gathering information, you get buy-in from every team. Uh, You know, following up, that's a lot of work to do. But Miro has a full set of integrations with the tools you're probably already using. And they also offer open APIs and SDKs for custom solutions for all those niche diagramming use cases we have to do, right? So the end result is the same, but it doesn't take forever. It's a massive, massive time saver. I'm transforming basic flowcharts and network architectures, and it all lives in one place. So are you using Miro? Have you used it? I want to hear. The Oklahoma Sooners face their first true test of the 2023 season this week with SMU. What needs to happen on Saturday night and how will some injuries affect the game on the field? We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase over at Game Time. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh On Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday on the Care of Sports app from nine to noon. And Josh, a big matchup. I mean, it's it's not one that moves the needle like Georgia would have. Uh, if that stayed on the schedule. But I think SMU, just especially with their move to the ACC coming uh, down the road, has a little bit more, I don't know, needle-moving potential than what we might have thought when that game was first put on the schedule. Yeah, I'd say so. SMU looked good in week one, and Preston Stone did some nice things. Uh, Hudson is a receiver that obviously Oklahoma fans uh, are familiar with. So, yeah, this is not the five-touchdown favorite game that you were in a week ago. Now, you're still a legitimate, you know, two-score, deep two-score-plus favorite in this game, and Oklahoma's expected to go out and play well and perform well because, well, it's at home and you're much more talented, but the talent gap has shrunk from uh, substantially from last week to this. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's relative to last week, safe to say that, of course, this is a much more legitimate challenge or test for Oklahoma. Well, I think a team like SMU, even though maybe for much of the last 40 years, they haven't had a big national presence. It's still a brand that people kind of recognize a little bit, even as a, a team that's been a group of five team since the, you know, dissolving of the Southwest conference. They've kind of been that, you know, second tier of team. It's still SMU. It's still Dallas. You know, it's the Mustangs. It's Eric Dickerson's team. It, there's still a little bit of, of juice to that, that program and that brand, uh, even if they haven't always been really, really good. And maybe this is 
you know, me having grown up, I say grown up, went to high school and college in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, listening to, you know, Dallas radio on my commutes to, to college, on my commutes to work and just being bombarded with SMU. I say bombarded hearing SMU talked about, but yeah, it just, it's a, it's at least a brand that I feel like moves the needle and that's why they're getting that invite to the ACC. They're, they're getting an opportunity uh, in this latest round of realignment. So I do think the team on the field is improving. They're, they're adding talent. I mean, the Jordan Hudson addition, that's huge for them. You know, stone, he, he, he has been good. I mean, he was a four-star quarterback, my guy Bryant Cruz laid it out on Sooner's Wire uh, what kind of player he was and prospect. I mean, he had a lot of big-time offers, Alabama, Georgia, just to name a couple of them. So that's a quarterback that potentially has the talent to make life difficult for you, and they've got the skill talent to do so as well. No, they do. It's uh, obviously talent-wise is a big step up, gigantic step up from last week. And when you think about the whole ACC angle here, Big picture, this is a chance for SMU to make a splash, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's always going to be true, group of five versus power five. But now with just the added wrinkle that, well, SMU is not going to remain a group of five and they're going to the ACC and, you know, that kind of really all three, Cal, Stanford, and SMU are strange in some ways to add to the ACC. But SMU is trying to make this thing look like it makes perfect sense for the ACC. And one way to do that is to come out, play well and shock Oklahoma this weekend. Right. I mean, this would be the kind of first, I guess, uh, step toward, Hey, uh, you know, this is a program that as you mentioned, John has some, I mean, it's got some dubious history. We know obviously uh, with the pony express and everything, but it's got a famous storied history as well. Right. Uh, to, to kind of go along with that. And before that, so this would be a, Nice little knock on the door that maybe SMU with this jump to the ACC with what that can mean in recruiting and, uh, you know, financially down the road that maybe this is the first step toward, a, you know, SMU being a legitimate national player going forward again. So with that said, what are some of the keys for Oklahoma in this game? What needs to happen versus SMU? I think most people, based off of the feedback that we see and get in here, is that uh, the pass rush, right? I mean, first and foremost, isn't that what Oklahoma fans want to see? Is uh, Oklahoma get after Stone and go attack this passer? Yeah, you got to get after him because the skill talent on the outside is better. So you're not going to have a long time to to cover. So you got to make sure that you do get some pass rush, you get some pressure on the quarterback and keep him contained a little bit because he's an athletic guy that can make plays with his legs. He can throw the ball outside the pocket as well. So, yeah, we got to start seeing an improved um, effectiveness. We'll just say that of the pass rush. It, it's hard to judge the pass rush based on last week. But if we start seeing more pressures, more quarterback hits, more sacks, and even effective pressure that causes the ball to be thrown away or an, an ill-thrown football, I think that's going to be a key to this game, especially on defense and the corners. They've got to continue to play well. Woody Washington, Gentry Williams, they played really well last week. They got to take a step in a better direction and continue to play well against tougher competition. I think Oklahoma will probably give up a couple plays here and there, but if they play with the same kind of tenacity that they did last week, I feel good about the coverage unit being able to hold up on their end of the bargain. Well, 
and maybe you just answered the question right there, John, but uh, I feel like for a lot of Sooner fans, again, the number one thing, if you said, okay, hey, what's one thing you want to see this weekend, if we're talking position groups, right? If it's not the, hey, go force turnovers and, right. y- you know, some of your typical things that you would want to see from a football team and a championship football team. If it's, hey, which position group, right? That you, One item related to a position group that you really, really want to see this week. I feel like a lot of it would be, again, that pass rush. But for you, is there one or a couple of things that, and probably this will sprinkle into keys as well, but what are one or a couple of things that you really, really want to see from Oklahoma? Let's talk about that after I talk to you about our friends over at Game Time. The Game Time app is the best place to get your tickets for game day. I'm looking at it right now here on the Game Time app, and you can get some pretty great seats, you know, for as low as $33 for this weekend's matchup against SMU. The weather should be much better than what it was this past Saturday at Arkansas State. You get a little bit of the early primetime kick. So go to the Game Time app, download it, use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. You get $20 off. Great thing about this is that as you're looking at the tickets, you get to see where each seat is going to be looking at or what they're going to be looking at when they're when you're in your seat. So a beautiful app. It works great. Easy to use. Again, use promo code Locked On College at the Game Time app today. Available in your app store to get twenty dollars off. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, a couple things I want to see out of Oklahoma. I want to see that coverage unit stay locked down. Again, as you engage, increase the competition and increase the talent that you're going up against. You want to make that jump. And we're all really, really high on Gentry Williams. We're all really, really high on Woody Washington and Josiah Wagner and Peyton Bowen and Billy Bowman and Reggie Pearson and Key Lawrence and Robert Spears Jennings and down the line. We're all really high on what Jay Valai and Brandon Hall have put together for the secondary. We just got to see it continue to show up and continue to show out. Does that mean they're not ever going to get beat? Not necessarily, but it means, okay, you got a third and long, you shut it down. You don't allow the first down reception. You have, you know, an opportunity to get off the field on fourth down. You make it happen. I mean, this is a team that is going to throw the ball and they'll throw it effectively. You just have to minimize the impact of those attempts, whether it's, okay, they threw a a five-yard hitch. Well, you got to wrap up and tackle. I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to, doing the little things well every single week for this team, even as they increase in competition. You know, for me, and this is, again, of the vein of, hey, go take away the football. I mean, you could say this every single week, but just because of the level of competition to open versus stepping up to the plate here a little bit with SMU, I'm going to just be watching both lines of scrimmage for Oklahoma Mm -hmm. You know, pass rush again. We've talked about that uh, already, John. But you know, larger than that, you know, just across the board, 
defensively, offensive line, how Oklahoma runs the ball. Can they go crease a couple more runs? I'd like to see that from Oklahoma. That to me is a, a big key in this football game. And then I'm looking at the, the box score from this past weekend, John, and Oklahoma saw Arkansas State run the football 23 times for just 48 yards. So 2.1 yards per rush. I'm watching that number big time again this week. So even beyond, you know, hey, can they go get to the quarterback, which, yeah, we'd all love to see that too. Go get to the quarterback, get him down, pressure him, all, all those sorts of things. It leads to an interception, whatever. I also want to see Oklahoma own that line of scrimmage, keep that yard per rush down, and, and just physically – go dominate up front, right? I mean, show me that this is an Oklahoma team as we start to raise the bar a little bit here that, John, they are going to go win the LOS every week. And it's going to be an important matchup for the defensive line against the run game because SMU ran the ball well last week against Louisiana Tech. It's going to be an important matchup for the offensive line against uh, SMU's run defense because they stopped the run, again, really well against Louisiana Tech. You talked about what Oklahoma did get to Arkansas State, well, SMU was even better against Louisiana Louisiana Tech. And we could say it's just Louisiana Tech, but then again, it's also just Arkansas State. Well, Louisiana, or SMU held La Tech to 1.2 yards per carry on 24 attempts, allowed only 28 yards rushing. So, you know, that that's an impressive number, you know, for an SMU team. The defensive line coached by one Calvin Thibodeau, uh, so that's a it's an in, an intriguing matchup I think in the trenches on both sides of the ball. If you're Oklahoma, you might have a little bit of tough sledding running the football. So you need to be able to win, and especially on you know third and short, fourth and short. If you have to go for it, you got to win some of those matchups. And yeah, maybe they don't have this big time you know total in rushing yards this week, but as long as it's effective, it's getting them into short down and distances like second and short third and short. I think it's going to create more manageable opportunities for the passing offense to hit big plays. Cause that is an area that Louisiana tech was able to take advantage of SMU a little bit. Louisiana tech threw for 241 yards, uh, completed 63.6% of their passes um, on just 33 attempts. So not a terrible yards per attempt average as well. So, SMU potentially could be had in the air. Uh, it might be a little bit tougher sledding on the ground. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And uh, what what they did defensively against the run, maybe in part is because of what they didn't do uh, in in the passing defense department. But uh, that's impressive, all the same, right? Which tells us again, you know, number one, or really just both sides, but. I feel like, okay, well, let's see a receiver have a big day then if they can get got in the passing game, all right? If Andrew Anthony, if you are my number one wide receiver in 2023, I'm out here banging the drum for you, buddy, then then go out and have a big day. Or Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, if you guys are taking those types of sophomore jumps that we think, okay, let's see it against, uh, again, a defense that, got got heated up a, a little bit in the passing department. And then, you know, beyond that, show me that you're not La Tech, right, running the football. If you're Oklahoma, show me that, hey, SMU, it's going to be a little bit different ball game when you're matching up with, uh, well, Oklahoma's offensive lineman up front. Yeah, and Oklahoma should run the ball better. That should be a, a matchup that they should be able to win. Now, you know, Calvin Thibodeau is going to get some dudes, and he got one in an Oklahoma transfer, but the talent favors Oklahoma. 
And if that's the case, then you should be able to win your matchups up front and be able to run the ball. Other thing I want to see happen this Saturday is just another fast start. Uh, the offense just getting out there and clicking from snap one based on what we saw on Saturday, they're clicking right now. If they can continue that momentum in this game on Saturday and, and just execute the little things, I think that goes a long way to helping them secure a victory, get off to a fast start, get up early, and then let the defense do their thing, get after the quarterback and, and prevent them from being able to have favorable game scripts where they're going to be able to stay balanced. No, get up early, make them throw the football and try to play catch up. You know, and because I think Hudson is a pretty good receiver to me, if, if they try and, you know, line him up with a Gentry Williams. All right. Here's kind of the first moment Gentry for you to show John and myself and Sooner nation that, yeah, you're going to be a nice little piece opposite Woody Washington. So if we're talking keys to the game, I mean, I think slowing him down in general will be uh, one of the big keys for Oklahoma defensively. And then just, you know, bigger picture for Oklahoma, what the ramifications of that could mean for the rest of the season. That's going to be something I'm going to watch just to see, okay, has Oklahoma started to take some steps to iron out that other corner? Yeah, it's necessary. Like, because the passing offenses are going to continue to get better as you go along this season whether it's Texas or UCF showed like they've got a really good passing game. Cincinnati's got a pretty good passing game early in the season. I mean, it's early. A lot of things could change and we might be overreacting to week one, probably a little bit. I am, but yeah, you got to find somebody. And again, Gentry Williams has that athleticism, has that speed and the tenacity to be a lockdown corner outside. You got to find those guys and Oklahoma's gone too long without a stud cornerback on the outside it's time to break that trend right now um yeah anything else that you're kind of looking for I, I feel like just in general do a lot of what you did last week get off to a fast start play quick make the easy things happen and execute and i mean it was as simple as that against arkansas state if it comes down to that against smu it should be another comfortable win for the sooners yeah, I think uh, we'll talk more about this as the week rolls along, and maybe we can deep dive kind of exactly what this means. But just show me that week one wasn't a mirage. You know, big right. picture, I mean, all things encompassing. Show me it wasn't a mirage. Show me that it wasn't uh, Arkansas State. The injuries, there's a, a couple that we don't think are too severe, but how are they impacting things? Could they impact things? We'll tell you about that right after we tell you, how to get things situated. These days, every new potential hire, it can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be not 90%, not 95%, no, 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post at LinkedIn Jobs. You just uh, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They've got simple tools with the screening, screening questions that make it easy 
to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's why the people you should be listening to, small businesses, rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality <laughs> hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So Drake Stoops, we're told from Brent Venables, right? Eh, he probably could have gone back in there. Desan McCullough, we're told from Brent Venables, ankle, but uh, don't believe it's of the high ankle variety. And yet, if I'm Brent Venables, if I'm Oklahoma, don't have to rush those guys back, we hope, this week versus SMU. You hope that you don't need to do that. So with the understanding that both guys might play, okay, first and foremost, right? Play, play along with, follow this little hypothetical for me. Let's say they don't. Let's say Oklahoma takes the caution route. How does it impact this week? Well, let's start with wide receiver first. I think we got a really good indication of how that impacts the the snap delineation and, and who's going to get opportunities. It's Gavin Freeman first up and Jaquay's Petaway as well, and they're going to rotate both those guys, and you're going to see very effective play out of both those guys, guys that can get open, they can make something happen after the catch. They've got the speed and the athleticism to make guys miss on the outside and make big plays out of short, short completion. So I think you feel good about what you've got uh, behind Drake soups because of what we've seen out of those guys and the buzz that they created all fall and summer and, and to, to Gavin, you know, back in the spring, even uh, cheat is a little bit different. You know, yeah, you've got Justin Harrington, who's your starter. If you do miss to Sam McCullough, it means you're going to have to go a little bit deeper into the well at your cheetah depth chart. And that probably means a little bit more Peyton Bowen at cheetah, or maybe some more Reggie Pearson at cheetah. So that'll be interesting. And, and given the coverage requirements that are required of the cheetah um, and also the pass rush, it'll be fascinating to see how they decide to fill those rotational snaps. If the doesn't go, but again, you got your starter, Justin Harrington's there. You've got capable options uh, behind him. Again, Reggie Pearson, Peyton Bowen. I think Kip Lewis could potentially be a guy that could factor in at Cheetah more just because of his athleticism and his his play speed and the way he's just a playmaker out there. It wouldn't surprise me in one bit to see him get some snaps at that spot. So I think, okay, I feel better. I feel most comfortable about wide receiver just because of the depth across the board and what they have as slot wide receiver options than maybe I do at Cheetah, but all things go like they're supposed to, then you should be able to rotate some guys and feel pretty good about that. Well, and the other names, a couple of them anyways, that we didn't see in week one because of the uh, injury situation. Again, sounds like it was precautionary with both R. Mason Thomas and Gavin Sachuk. So those guys returning, let's take the, the flip into this equation here. R. Mason Thomas to me, I mean, look, I know, John, this is like – the way I feel about Andrew Anthony after one week, that's how John felt about R. Mason Thomas throughout the entirety of the offseason. This guy is going to be a dude. He's going to be a dude. He's going to be a dude. So I'm with you. I think that, you know, obviously that just uh, ramps up the it ramps up the depth that you have outside. It gives you one more, one more name that you feel like you can really, really trust that we've seen. Go get after it outside. And, oh, by the way, I can't wait to see what a year older, a year stronger, a year wiser looks like for R. Mason Thomas. So that's a substantial return if you get it. And Gavin Sanchuk, 
just the electricity, John. I think we, uh, I think we saw a lot of good with Barnes, with Walker, with Majors, Smothers, Hicks, everybody. And yet there's like a little bit different electricity, big playability to Sawchuck. So those two guys potentially returning could be, I think, substantial for Oklahoma. Well, it brings a lot of juice back onto the football field, whether it's R. Mason Thomas off the edge because you don't really have anybody else like him that's as twitchy and quick off the line of scrimmage as he is. And then again, with Gavin Sawchuck, yeah, Dalen Smothers is a fast dude and he's a big play you know, in the making, he just doesn't have as much experience as Sawchuck does. And we've seen what Sawchuck can do with the, the opportunity he got in the cheese bowl. So I think getting those two guys back, it, it just increases your team speed and increases your playmaking ability. What was the thing that came out of Butch Jones comments? They were a lot faster on the field than what we saw on tape, meaning the play speed for this team is much faster than what it was a year ago. And then you add a guy like R. Mason Thomas to your defensive line rotation. You add a guy like Gavin Sawchuk to your running back rotation. And the speed just continues to get amplified. And, I mean, it's, it's like showing up to a race and everybody's driving, you know, Ford F-150 and you roll off a couple Lamborghinis off the truck and you're ready to roll. Like, that's just what it's like when you show up with R. Mason, with Gavin Sawchuk. And, and I think it's going to create a lot of opportunity not only for those guys to make plays, but people around them to make plays as well. No, it's, it's exciting to think about that. And hopefully, you know, big takeaway on the injury front is all of these names that we've uh, discussed can get back into the fold healthy for Oklahoma would be a nice sign for the Sooners. Well, and good news is no, no serious injuries at this point, aside from the DJ Graham surgery that we talked about yesterday but as far as like key role players on the depth chart the you know one two three deep you're not really seeing much of that just yet so hopefully fingers crossed get good injury luck throughout this season but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooners thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of the show subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts we're free and available on all podcast platforms and on youtube hit that subscribe button and that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop follow josh on twitter at josh on ref myself at john nine williams and the show is at locked on sooners check us out on facebook as well uh, until next time where we will break down more of smu give you our key keys to the game and predictions for week two He's Josh. I'm John. Boomer Sooner.